Howdy, and welcome to another episode of Mediavine On Air. I'm your host, Jenny Guy, with a question for you. Would you like to increase your blog readership by 2 million people? Yes, I really said 2 million, and I'm pretty sure your answer to that question was, of course. Stephanie Keeping and Melanie Fisk, the photography pros behind Pretty Focused, stopped by the 2021 Summer of Live to share their method for creating viral food photos that audiences are hungry for. We shared a link to their mouthwatering presentation in the show notes, plus more information on their course discount for Mediavine viewers. For more of our absolutely free resources for content creators, make sure to check out the Mediavine blog and follow us in all of the places. We've got it linked up for you in the show notes, so it's easy to click, like, and follow. You're listening to Mediavine On Air the podcast about the business of content creation. From SEO to ads and social media to time management, if it's about helping content creators build sustainable businesses, we are talking about it here. I'm your on-air host, Mediavine's Jenny Guy. Oh, say hi. Welcome to another episode. Sorry, we were in here just like totally getting down. We were like eyeing each other. I mean, you know, if you can't start with a little dance party, I I think you're doing something wrong. Just go Um, home. Just go home. If you're not going to dance. That's very true. Well, welcome to another Mediavine Summer of Live. I'm your host, Jenny Guy. And as we saw from that beautiful intro, it is summer. But regardless of how we feel about it, the summer is just flying by. Mm -hmm. So my question, first question for you guys and for my guests is how are you making the most of it? How are you enjoying summer? I have personally been on a bruschetta kick and there's nothing like summer produce. And in my humble opinion, cooking is the most fun around the holidays and summertime. So I made some with tomato, basil, and red onion. And it was dinner. I broiled my bread with um, Trader Joe's garlic olive oil. And then I drizzled with my homemade balsamic syrup. And I was like, I was feeling very... I felt very, yes, I felt summer, like the pictures were very colorful. So, you know, I had to, of course, I had to take pictures, right? Because what else would you do? Like, why, why would I make food if I wasn't going to take pictures of it? (laughs) Eating is where it didn't happen. Exactly, exactly. So, I mean, what's the point of life if you're not (laughs) capturing, like it's dumb. Why would I go to a restaurant if I wasn't? Yeah, it's silly. So for but for publishers, social media is a terrific way to showcase their content and grow their followings. But the question is, how do you create a compelling image that actually brings people in and makes them click? And you guys, my guests, are here to help. Let us meet them. So Stephanie Keeping and Melody Fisk were moms who wanted to stay at home with their kids. A kitchen, a camera, and a computer helped them do it. Melody, a former teacher, had two little kids, loved her job, and still wanted to be able to contribute financially to her family. As a hobby photographer for several years, starting her own thriving home-based photography business seemed like the answer. Stephanie was in a similar boat. She'd quit her corporate job and was building a blog, Spaceships and Laser Beams, so she could stay home with her young son. But she was burning the candle at both ends as she balanced photography, growing page views, and building brand sponsorships and social following. Give me an amen. Do all of my content creators out there feel it? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Melody felt burned out working as a wedding and portrait photographer and wanted to work more with bloggers and influencers to, to establish her business on her terms, which is what we all want, photographing food and crafts on her schedule while exercising her own creative side in the process. 
With the ever-growing demands of social media, algorithm, hello, bloggers like Stephanie often look for content creators like Melody to help lighten their workload, so a partnership was born. Based on the things Stephanie saw in the blogging world and Melody's background as an educator, Melody perfected a system for content creation based on what bloggers, influencers, and website publishers actually needed. Here comes the jaw drop part, get ready. The strategies they developed together increased Stephanie's blog readership by about 2 million people per month in just one year. Yeah. Again, Boom. 2 million okay. people yeah. per month, one yeah. year. Just go ahead that and pick up that microphone. That's right. It's a drop. <laughs> that was a drop. That's crazy. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, and, and on top of all of that, that is, that's during COVID y'all like it's that. And it's stuck around, right? Even more so, they survived. We survived COVID. Like it didn't drop; it's continued to grow. Yeah, which is <sighs> right. Like that's the fear. That was the fear. Uh, oh right? yeah, yeah. That people would go back to life and leave. <laughs> so and it's amazing that they stayed. Yeah. And yeah, they just keep yeah. coming. And and that system yeah. became the foundation for Pretty Focused, which is your program that teaches women how to master food photography and build thriving businesses as content right. creators. Yes. yes, you are the greatest hype man I've ever I had. This is, I take <laughs> you with me everywhere I go. <laughs> well, you guys make it. Pr I mean, how like I can I you could have like Bill Ma or uh, what's that guy from um, Ben Stein from uh, Paris Bueller where he does the two million page views, <laughs> and it wouldn't matter how you said it, like it would still be quite compelling. So they are going to talk about photographing for page views and, and teach us how to go viral. So if you have questions yeah. for either of them, Stephanie or Melanie, drop them in the comments. I will talk to them after the presentation. I'm going to drop in the presentation now for them and let them take it away. Awesome. So let's start. We, I thought I would do like a Google snapshot of our um, journey. So what everyone's seeing are the basically the page views for the last two years for spaceships and laser beams, I've taken out numbers. Mm -hmm. And the reason why I don't talk about numbers when I do this kind of thing is because for people who are just beginning their journey, the numbers can seem insurmountable. And there's like, well, but like, the, and then for people who are way bigger than me, they'll discount me. So I find like the exact numbers become a focal point, but to know that the difference is in the millions. So that's what I would say um, mm -hmm. to anyone asking. And if there are specific questions, I can answer it. So this all started in December 2019. And at the time, Mediavine, I will give you guys a ton of credit here. You guys were doing a great job and RPMs were really increasing for bloggers. And so I had really had more of a monetization strategy that was focused on sponsorship. And it was always 50% of my income. I had strong page views, but I definitely wanted more as that RPMs made it really attractive to get like to monetize with with page views. And so I decided that uh, it was around December 19. I was at the time mostly blogging about boys birthday parties and doing some sponsored work that was around recipes. I decided to become a food blogger because food bloggers get massive. There's massive competition, but also massive page views mm -hmm. and everyone eats. That's the, <laughs> right. So there's a lot there's a lot of pieces of the pie available out there, even though there's a lot of competition. So what you're going to see here is kind of our journey over the last two years. So what happened, if anyone's looking closely in here, is they're going to see, um, I think it was about in March of 2020, or March of 2019, sorry, I changed my URL structure in hopes of future-proofing my site. I would not 
ever recommend that to anyone. I'm I'm glad that I did it, but I could never recommend. It was an immediate 25% drop in search and it kept, the hits kept getting bigger. So you're gonna see there that there was a struggle bus period of eight months where I just continued to get hit by Google. And I say here, my sanity was hanging on by a thread, but at the same time, because of the things Melody and I were doing and the things we were implementing, that we started to gain social traffic and um, were able to compensate for the Google losses and um, hit our traffic goals. Then COVID hit. I mean, it's it's amazing traffic time. I don't ever know how much of I can take credit for that versus everyone was home and Googling recipes. So I kind of always demark that and leave it out of it. But I'm, I wanted to put in there one year past lockdown. We except for like the COVID anniversary, the lockdown anniversary, we've been up year over year. Basically the last 30 days were a 20% increase over last year. And if you were to look versus like 2018 or like it's millions in the difference. So I wanted to say that this is, I think, a sound strategy that can really pay dividends. I truly believe, I mean, I think the proof is there and we've had people who have followed what we said and grown exponentially as well. So this is kind of the journey we had. And that was that we really started to look at strategy, right? So we started to say that we wanted to become more strategic in how we select and create recipes as well as how we style and photograph those recipes. And the reason that we do this is um, because we want to photograph something so that I believe everything we post on the blog has the opportunity to go viral. And that's because I want to make money from page views and to do that in any significant way, you need volume. So the first part of this, that this whole thing is the strategy before you shoot. And what we like to do is create a plan where the end result is that someone can look at a photo and, you know, look at it and know what that recipe tastes like, know what it smells like, know what the textures are from just looking at the photo. And that is how we kind of grow page through page views through photography. And um, it all starts with research, uh, planning a shot list, researching the recipe and doing some really important things before we even take out our cameras. And so Melody had an example of that. Yeah. So, you know, a lot of a lot of times, unfortunately, we learn the hard way. Um, and so I have to tell you this story of this recipe right here. Actually, when Stephanie saw these photos in here, she was like, oh, man, I almost broke you with that one. But <laughs> this this was so pivotal, so pivotal for us that I, I have to share it because it was our aha moment. So there was a time when Stephanie asked me to photograph a meatball sub for a sponsor. And I was so super proud of how much cheese I layered onto it. I was like, Ooh, who doesn't love a cheesy sub? Uh, it's going to have like, it's going to have awesome cheese pulls. So cheesy. So I like submitted the photos to her and she was like, no, no, <laughs> no. <laughs> She's like, this, this isn't a meatball sub. And I'm like, what are you talking about? Look at all the cheese. There's lots, there's lots of cheese. There's too much cheese covering the meatballs. Okay, Stephanie, you're right. It doesn't even look it doesn't even look like a meatball sub. It looks like a sausage. It could it could be like a sausage sandwich, um like a hot dog the way the the bun is um opened or my favorite my favorite comment. Like I just held up this picture to somebody who has never seen it before. I was like, "What is this?" And she was like, "Oh, a baked potato." 
<laughs> not, not baked potato. It's not a baked potato. Um, so Stephanie uh, took to Google searching for a meatball sub and she sent me the photos. And this was really the first time she and I had hero hacked together. So this was our pivotable, pivotable, I can't say that word today, <laughs> pivotal moment, one that changed how we would approach sessions from then on. See, because we have an idea of what we um, think that it could or should look like maybe based on family preferences, like my husband loves cheese. So I was like, I'm going to give him a cheesy sub and he's going to love it. And Stephanie's going to love it. The brand's going to love it. But I was wrong on all almost all accounts. It's not necessarily as that we learned what, like what America would recognize as, or what our audience would recognize as a meatball sub. As you saw, somebody looked and saw, thought that it was a baked potato. And so that first photo over on the left, this is not a viral photo because we can't even tell what it is. But the second photo is one the brand actually put money behind to promote because they loved it so much. This right here is the difference between planning and researching before your session. Okay, so now before every session, we have to have a plan. Planning your sessions saves time. Boy, did it save time? Because right at dusk, like I'm losing all the light, I have to go back in and re-photograph that meatball sub again, hoping that I get my photos right. So then I've, I've, I've lost time because I had to photograph it again. And so planning your session, it, it allows you to stop hoping that you get the shot that you can use and you can be confident that you do get the shot. And it allows you to compete because you have the right amount of content. Planning gives you a huge variety um, of images that you need. You need a variety to use across all different social channels, okay? So a big part of planning is doing that market research. Like the example that I gave, Stephanie went straight to the source, Google. What does a meatball sandwich look like to America? Um, so we actually coined the phrase hero hacking. And when we hero hack, we're looking for the types of photos that people are responding to. Um, and if you want to go on to the next slide too, what types of images does Google look like? What type of images do people prefer to pin on Pinterest? So things that we're looking for, Stephanie's going to tell you in a minute, but I'm looking for the uh, types of, of ingredients that are being used, you know, dishes that are being used, you know, not all casseroles belong in a, a cast iron skillet, right? So we want to make sure our dishes make sense for the recipe that we're using. You know, we want to make sure our garnishes make sense that it's something that home cooks are going to have. Otherwise they're going to be intimidated and not want to not be able to make it. Um, we're going to be able to create a shot list and we're looking at different camera angles, but I do want to emphasize, this is something that we are being inspired by. We're looking at what people are responding to. We're not copying off of the photos. So Stephanie, why don't you take us over and show us what it looks like to hero hack briefly? Okay. The number one, one rule of hero hacking is um, to Google the keyword. And I can't tell you how those two minutes of your life can save you a world of work. And so um, basically, like Melody said, Google tells you what it thinks, what America thinks this recipe should be, right? So what you're going to do when you Google it, you're going to look in the, the I, we call it the tray. I don't think Google calls it the tray, but the, you know, the, the bank of recipes, we look in the SERP list that goes below it. We look in the image search and we're starting to take notes. We also search Pinterest for additional ideas. And what we're doing is trying to really get a sense of like, 
all those things that Melody said so that we can create images that are going to compete with the best of the best and not and eliminate the guesswork, right? So um, I, I use this is like the the curious cake, the case of the Jello poke cake. So this is in the top, the top middle there is our photo, which we were like, let's do a Jello poke cake. And we shot it. And I tried it a million different ways and nothing ever took off. And I'm like, what's wrong? It looks like everybody else's. I even tried some of my friends because this is a super common recipe. Some of my friends um, and theirs took off, but mine wasn't. Anytime that we see something that isn't working, we're thinking, okay, is it the wrong season or the wrong timing? Is it the wrong platform? Like sometimes things just work on Pinterest. They don't work on Facebook or vice versa. Or if the answers to those things are no, we ask ourselves, did we make a mistake? And in this case, we could see that we made a mistake. And the reason I know this is because of hero hacking. So you're going to see here is our photos at the top. Then at the bottom, there are the Google results plus two images of people's that I shared that actually did well. And I was, I'm wondering if anyone wants to put in the comments what they think we did wrong. But basically, it's so clear to me now. I've X'd out the photos that are the, like, they don't count. So everything here has one thing in common that ours doesn't. That is that it's on an angle. So the slice is pointing towards you. And I think Melody, you gave me a really good example. It's like, that's how you you would eat it. You would eat it from the side. Like it's all yeah. um, angles are pointing towards you. And um, so what are we doing? We've put it on the list to reshoot and get that viral image because it's so important. And we've done this time and time again. And to be able to compete, like we're not copying, we're doing our own recipe, our own photos, but we're just turning the plate because the research has said that's what works. That is what resonates with people. So I wanted to give now the next example is um, how we work through the process so that people could kind of see it and relate it to their own blog. So this is a post um, that's been on my blog since the dawn of time. And it used to do really well, but it doesn't compete anymore. You can look at the photos and see why. But there's some things about it that this post used to go viral. Like it, this is like a 2015, like, record like you know it's just one of those posts it just doesn't compete today and what works for are thick layers and uh it being sliced and it used to do really well but it's dropped off so we got it reshot and i think it's the case with a lot of bloggers and you get something reshot and the new photos don't do as well as the old photo photos so that's in the next slide the next slide shows you what doesn't work and so there are three kinds of pictures that we found out don't work for this recipe. Overhead, thin layers, and not freezing it. And so these don't work. These all bombed. So what we had to do is go back to the drawing board and really think about what we needed this for this recipe. So if you go to the next slide, when we were looking at similar posts, we knew we had made a mistake, that it wasn't a timing issue or a platform issue. I can share pumpkin in July and get it to go viral. This was definitely a photographic issue. Um, so we knew that with similar posts, what works well is a, um, a bite shot. So we developed a, a plan for the new session and that's on the next slide. And there were three things we wanted to focus on. So these three things were that we wanted to adjust the recipe um, because the reshot one, an option is to put it in two pies that 
that just doesn't look well for photographing. So we needed to make sure that we had a recipe that worked in the biggest pie shell possible so that we could get thick layers. And my people don't make their own pie crust, so it had to be a pre-made pie shell. Like that's another thing. Um, we we knew we wanted to freeze the pie because we needed those layers to be cleanly cut and the pie to stand tall. So then it could like defrost while it was being shot. And we knew to, knew we needed to get a bite shot because you can see from the last slide, all of those pictures are bite shots and they all went viral for similar recipes. So the next slide is the heroes that we ended up with. And so um, these were kind of our choices. And so we had to pick one that we wanted to be kind of the, the first face of the recipe. So we ended up picking, it's on the next slide, is this um, bite shot, but it's not just a bite shot. It actually has a bite shot with a fork, which I think reinforced the layers twice, um, you know, super thick layers and close crop. And I wanted to give the results of that. So this is one, this has been shared a lot, but this is one Facebook share. So this had about an 18 million reach. It had 240,000 shares and it had 267,000 link clicks. If anyone can do the math on that, it's a nice payday. <laughs> so, so awesome. Um, yeah. And we'll do, we'll share it again this year. And hopefully it'll take off again this yeah. year. So this is just really in the power of research and photography, what you're seeing here. And um, I think if if people take a little time ahead of time, they can see, I think they can see how to incorporate it into their own workflow and really um, develop some game changers. So I think the first start of that is in really understanding the type of photos that go viral. And so we, we kind of have like a, like a brand or a photo brand of the type and style we use. And it, it's actually one we teach our students too, because um, we want to teach them what works. Like when, when we hire photographers, we're saying, okay, here's, here's how you have to shoot. You need it to be kitchen and um, not editorial, right? It needs to be accessible. Like it needs to look like someone's rich friend's kitchen, not a magazine shoot. We want a white background. I typically don't like stark white. I like like a marble or a white green board to give it some like home and depth and take it out of that mm -hmm. editorial. But I like it being white because I want the food to be the star of the show. Um, so I want bright food. So we ensure that the food is shot and edited. Um, I would call it saturated, but realistic. So we want it true to color, but yeah. really bright and pop. And I would say the most important thing, all of those other things could be discounted. If you're just wanting the most important thing, it's that last thing. It has to look yummy. If we get the most beautiful photos in the world, but there are none that look yummy, that post does not go live. I can take shots that are less in quality. Melody does not want to hear this, by the way, but um, you can get people to click on bad iPhone photos that are yummy versus beautiful editorial shots that look dry, that look not yummy. Mm -hmm. So if you're making your money as a food blogger, being yummy is the most important thing. I think the mm -hmm. other things help elevate your blog mm -hmm. and bring in readership and all those things. I would not discount them and I don't want blurry iPhone photos on my blog, but at the end of the day, it has to look yummy. And so there's, there's some keys to getting your work look like this every time. So Melody is going to um, go through some practical tips that we hope will help people. 
Yeah. So let's start with camera gear. And um, I saw in the comments, I was perusing those that some people were asking about lenses and stuff. So I shoot with a Canon Mark III. Actually, right now I shoot with a Canon Mark IV. I have a my my two go-to lenses, you guys. I like to keep things super simple and approachable. Um, I, my go-tos that I'm always using are my 51.2 and my 102.8. Um, I will tell you the jump from the 1.51.8 to the 1.2 is worth it. it. The colors in the that 1.2 alone, I feel like just take you to a whole new level. Like whenever I first put that on my, on my camera and I took a picture and I saw the colors, I was like, oh. Oh my gosh, this is amazing. It just like, I just felt like a whole, it's a whole other level. And so the colors on the, the 1.2 are beautiful. The, um, the Canon 102.8, this is, this allows you to get nice and close to the food. This is great for heroes. This is great for those bite shots that Stephanie was showing us. It just, it allows you to get close. It makes the food look big. So these are my go-to lenses. I also use an Expo Disc. I'm going to show you what that looks like in a minute. Of course, I've got SD cards. I have a tripod, but you guys, I'm a freehand shooter. I know a lot of people like it mounted. They like it tethered. They like tripods. And I'm like, I just like freehand. So I'm a freehand shooter. Um, I have, I use Lightroom for post-processing. And of course I edit on a laptop or a computer. Um, I would recommend this over a, an iPad or a Chromebook. Um, you really, it's, it make it makes a difference. So now let's talk a little bit about the styling supplies that you need. So like Stephanie was saying, she likes that light background. She likes a lot of neutrals because it really allows the food to be the star. So we're getting some really bright and colorful, um, food images. So I like to start with, um, neutral plates and bowls, I like brushed silverware instead of the the shiny because I'm sure you I'm sure you don't want to see yourself in the reflection of the spoons. Like I I have a photo, <laughs> it's like forever burned in my mind, just like those meatball photos of me in a hot pink shirt, <laughs> standing over a pot of delicious chicken and dumplings, and there I am in a hot pink shirt. I'm so sorry, Stephanie. Um, so I always like to use linens. Like I, I love linens because I, it adds a different texture. It adds movement. It adds some more depth. Um, I like the the earthiness of the wooden serving spoons, even like if you like little wooden bowls, little pinch bowls, um, neutral baking dishes, neutral mixing bowls. Because again, like I talked about before is you really want to make sure that you use the appropriate dish for the recipe. And so, you know, Stephanie and I, we've had this, I'm sure you yeah. can relate the comment of, I have, I don't have a, what they say, I don't have a nine by 13, but I have a 13 by nine. Will that work for this recipe? And so whenever you're getting questions like that, you realize how important it is having the appropriate dishes for yeah. that recipe is, is so important. We had a tuna um, casserole that was photographed in a round casserole dish. Mm. It did nothing. To, and if anyone knows my blog, tuna casserole should be a winner. And we took the exact same recipe, just put it in a regular rectangle, and it did well. It's like mm -hmm. people picture the recipe how they pictured it. And that round casserole dish was before we hero, hero hacked. And, yeah. and that was when we realized we had made a mistake. And the difference was the casserole dish, nothing else. 
Yeah. It, it's, it's amazing. These it's shocking, these, right? Yeah. It is shocking. These details <laughs> that you wouldn't, you wouldn't think, you know, so I, I just, that's why going and seeing what Google likes, what Google is putting up to the front, you know, pushing to the front and, and seeing what, what people are responding to. Um, so let's talk about a home studio setup because I photograph in my house right behind me um, is my table. So the the items that you need for that home studio setup is a portable table, styling boards. Um, you'll see uh, in that photo, that is a vinyl styling board, but I really like the thick the thick boards. Um, I love those. I've got marble. I, I tend to have the, the lighter, more neutral tones. You know, a lot, some of our students, they go for the darker, the, they, they'll go for different ones. I love that. Stephanie and I are on the same page. I use reflectors. I have a step stool because shorty short getting those um, overhead shots definitely needs some help getting up there. I use stands to hold up my reflectors and then a natural light source. Um, I, I am a freehand shooter and I shoot with natural light, but I'm also in sunny Phoenix, Arizona. So <laughs> that helps. <laughs> the sun is on my side. So I want to give you guys two tips to create pin worthy photos with the gear you already have now, because believe it or not, that's a question we get asked a lot of is, well, can I, I've got a rebel T3i or a, a as Rebel T6, and can I create those beautiful images with the gear that I have now, or do I need to upgrade now? First of all, I want to say that no matter what gear you have, light is foundational, always. Light is foundational. And so I want to show you my how I set up that portable table and the styling boards to my window. So first of all, I set up my board parallel to a south-facing window. That's the that allow, I have a big south facing window, so that allows me the most shooting time during the day. This one I will say is a west facing window and it allows me to photograph in the afternoon, which is actually usually whenever I photograph anyway. So I have a reflector on the opposite side of the window and at the back of the board and that helps me create a light trap. Okay, it keeps every all of that light concentrated on the board. It's going to and that light's going to flood my camera. My camera's going to love that. Okay? All because this is a west facing window, sometimes during the day <laughs> towards the end I have that direct light coming in and this is where my diffuser comes into play. I will put a diffuser in the window between between the light and my board and then it diffuses all of that harsh light and it creates this beautiful soft light and actually it's my favorite type of light to photograph in um, so i love this now i want to show you speaking of is my gear good enough can mm -hmm. i can i do this with my gear i want to show you how important light is because i have two setups right here one with an 800 dollars setup I have, I have a Canon 60D, 60D, and an 18 to 55 millimeter lens, you guys, on one photo. On the other photo, am I using, I'm either using my Mark III or my Mark IV, and I'm using my Canon 51.2. So either way, it's like a $3,500 setup versus an $800 setup. Okay, this is how important light is. So if you go to the next slide, you'll see which one it is. It Stephanie has figured it out now because we've yeah. we've talked about this so much. <laughs> She's seen this photo. Yeah. But you'll see the photo on the left is an $800 setup. The photo on the right is a $3,500 setup. You're going to have to zoom in to those photos yeah. 
pretty darn close to see that difference. You guys, light is foundational. So you can use that gear that you have now to create these bright and colorful images. Okay, now my second tip I have for you, light, super important. Number two is to use an Expo Disc. And this little lifesaver will save your life. <laughs> <laughs> it is like I, I have I have a couple of them laying around here and I do not leave home without this. I do not shoot without this. This thing, well, when I go to the grocery store, I leave it at home. But, <laughs> but if I'm going shooting anywhere, I have this thing because our digital cameras are amazing. They are wonderful, but they cannot determine what white looks like in every setting. And so we have to help it and we have to set, create this help. This helps create a custom white balance. It helps your camera know what white is supposed to look like in every setting. Now, some of you might use Kelvin and say, well, I just use Kelvin and I adjust it. And that's great. What Kelvin does is Kelvin will adjust the, the yellows and the blues. The Expo disc is actually cal calibrated on the color spectrum and not only will account for the blues and the yellows, but the greens and the pinks as well. So you, the colors on your photo are more rounded. I want to show you a before and after with auto white balance and using the Expo disc that with an Expo disc, there is no editing. That photo is straight off of camera. The goal is always to get our photos looking pretty darn perfect straight off a of camera because we're photographers, right? Um, I don't like to spend hours editing photos and making sure that I've got my light dialed in. I'm using the best light and I'm using my Expo Disc because using an Expo Disc does require the best light. I am able to get photos like this right off of camera. This makes such a big difference whenever it comes to our productivity and how much time we're spending behind a camera. So that is my, those are my two tips. Those are my like secret weapons is making sure I've got good light and making sure that I am using an Expo disc to get my photos right in camera. Oh my gosh. We're like, who, who does the selling? <laughs> I know, and really awkward. Um, so I will say, if anyone's interested in joining us or mm -hmm. wondering, like, how the heck, you know, can I look and improve my photography? We want to say there's two options. One is the do-it-yourself option, and so we're in the middle of um, uh, enrollment session right now. I think we have 13 spaces left. Mm -hmm ish somewhere around there and we have tiers um so if if you just wanted photography versus if you wanted coaching and all the other things um so if anyone wants to go they can go to prettyfocus.com slash sales page and check out um what we offer in terms of coaching and if you just want to like join our wait list or be on our email list you can do that there on our website as well the other option is if you want to go the stephanie keeping path of having people do things <laughs> for you we also um we train people to be food photographer for food photographers for bloggers basically because it came out of a need for my own my own blog and um if you go to prettyfocus.com slash grads you're gonna find there um, a directory of our graduate so these are people who've gone through um they've taken the training but only only did they take the training they were tested and they had to 
pass a rigorous portfolio process. Yeah. Um, and they're all people who are independent business people and photographers who you can hire, or you can go to our buyers club, which is a Facebook group and um, lurk or post a job in there or see what people have for sale. And that's another option. So I would love to have people join us um, in either way. Oh yes, oh my gosh, we're the worst salespeople ever. <laughs> Yeah, I've got you. I've got you, Stephanie. Yeah. I forgot, but we're offering, please don't tell anyone. <laughs> we're offering a 10% off. Just for the people who are here. Yeah, just yep. the people who are here and the people on the Mediavine email list. Yes. Which if you're yes. a tier three person, it's going to save you hundreds of dollars. Um, so you can take a look at the pricing, put in summer 10 and get a discount. And I will say, and there's more, <laughs> but um. For anyone who's like wondering if it's worth it or what to do. So we have, um, it's broken into tiers. So there, the tier one, what I would say to people, you could use the coupon by tier one. If, and the tier one is photography only. If you feel like you want extra coaching or you want community, you want feedback, you want like all those things, you can upgrade at any time. We're not like, you know, like, so we just tell people, um, like you just pay the difference and you know however we'll work with you so that you can upgrade to the tier to get the coaching if you decide afterwards like it's not a big deal at all so people can kind of dip their toe in and there's a 30-day money-back guarantee so there's like the worst <laughs> but no not at all you guys are great and this is so i have to say that we're having guys and not to worry audience we are going to share that presentation with you in the comments as soon as we're done if you have additional questions i have a few that people have been asking throughout that i'm going to put to them but before i even get started i want to say that myself and my entire team are messaging each other saying oh, how nice. freaking hungry we are right now <laughs> because we've been looking at the pictures and we're all like i want the cookie now i want the pumpkin i want that uh, yes all of it all of the things we were feeling very very uh tantalized by the images. So thank you so much. Okay. We had a question a long time ago from Kippy and yeah. she said, Stephanie, what do you mean by URL structure change? Oh God. Um, okay. So don't do this unless don't be like, <laughs> we actually have a blog post about this on the media. Yes. website. So I don't do like, don't do this unless you can afford till you lose Google traffic. I, this was a calculated risk that still hurts today, but I'm okay with it. So I just want to put that out there. Like you need to know going in, if you do this, you're going to lose traffic. Hands down. Mediavine will tell you. I will tell you. Everyone will tell you. You need to be okay with losing money. Mm -hmm. um, okay. With that out and of the not way. just from traffic. It's also from our advertisers because yeah. it is an entirely new URL that right. you're introducing to. Yeah. It's a new website. Yeah. So for me, I did not reband. Re so some people do. A oh, okay. Yes. Yeah. So some people, so people who are contemplating changing their blog name after years of blogging, don't do it. Okay. I'm just going to say that. Don't do it. Rebrand, make a new logo, get it out of your system. Don't do it. But what I did, which is also horrible, but I'm okay with it, is I had a URL structure that was like, blog then it had the category it had some stuff in there so what it meant was it was creating like duplicate urls for multiple posts if they were in oh. multiple categories um it was from like the you know in the early days of blogging when no one knew anything that type of yeah. thing and totally. i just made the decision to just eat the frog and 
do it. And so it has been multiple years of dealing with this. So I would say you need to, if you want to do something like that, you need to calculate the money you're going to lose and be okay with it. <laughs> so, so that's what I mean. I just, I don't want people to think like it's- No, a, and it's perfectly yeah. transparent. We appreciate yeah. it. Kippy just said, oh my God, I just did this. Uh-oh. Okay. Okay. Well, you guys might need to like you guys might need to collab yeah. afterwards and discuss. Yeah, I, I I remember Kippy from BTI, so um, totally just message me if you need to. We also are getting some compliments on um your Mediavine teal eyeshadow, which I, I have to say, <laughs> but now I'm going to pretend like I'm just uh, a cheerleader. Uh, my team was like, we love your teal sweater. It's green, but you know, I'll take it. Yeah. Like what? I, I, it was planned, and I loved it. Yeah. Uh, okay. Sarah said, wow. So you do you choose your recipes based on whether or not the food is photograph photographable? Photograph photographable. No, not necessarily. Okay. Um, no, because I mean I have lots of casseroles and brown food. What I would mm -hmm. say, I, I choose recipes that I think my audience will love first, not that I think Google will love. The reason I do that is because you saw the struggle bus of Google in my analytics. So I I need to make money now. I can't wait two years, right? I'm the sole provider for my family and for the people who work for me. So I need to make money now. So I make sure that my audience, whether it's social, email, those things, love it first. Um, and then I hope that by going viral that I get backlinks and all those things and Google catches up. So that's the number one consideration is that I think it's something that my audience will love and that it will go viral on, on social. But in that photographable thing, what I try to do is make sure that every single recipe we photograph is the most yummy it can be for that recipe. So if it's tuna casserole, which you know, or if it's like a strawberry cake, whatever it is, there has to be yummy shots in there. Mm -hmm. And so that's, I think the difference where you're gonna see, I might not necessarily pick all the beautiful food, but it needs to look yummy. And so that is the number one thing when I'm telling my team, I'm like, okay, that's pretty, but it doesn't look yummy. We, we need to have shots that look yummy. We do tutorial-based photography and that's what we teach and that's what I do on my own blog. So we also do ingredient shots and step-by-step -step photos. But for me and my job of getting page views to the site, I'm really concerned about the heroes and that they look yummy. Mm -hmm. So that's, yeah. I also love the, the, I mean, nobody is gonna sit here and say like, even as beautiful as they were, nobody's gonna go, you know, the most beautiful food, it's a meatball sub or it's a tuna noodle <laughs> yeah. casserole. Like you're just yeah. not, you're not gonna walk in and be like, it's it's gonna be beautiful like an, a lattice apple pie. Like you're not yeah. gonna get the same thing. It's just not gonna be that. But I mm -hmm. love that you're taking what foods that, because I still wanna eat a meatball sub and a yeah. tuna noodle casserole. I like to eat those things. So making it as good as it can be, love yes. that. And I mean, and realistically, for any food blog, what are your number one posts going to be? Like chili, like meatloaf, right? Like you're going to be, especially if you're, I mean, I think most Mediavine publishers are an American audience. You're going to want the things that America eats on your blog. And they're not beautiful things. Like the big page views are in dinners and like brown food. So we're just trying to make it the yummiest it can possibly be. So again, I think, so this, I, I said it in the presentation, it's not mine. I actually took it from another, the best, best, best advice I ever got from a blogger who is infinitely more successful than I am is that when you look at a photo, 
and I'm gonna say this again for the people in the back because it's so important. Mm -hmm. You need to be able to taste that dish from your photos. And if you can't go photograph it again, it will be the difference in getting mm -hmm. people to your blog and not. They just, they need to know, they need to look at it. And if there's like a mix of crunchy and sweet, they need to know that. Like they just have to be like, oh my God, that looks so good, click. Oh my God, that looks so good, mom, make this for me. Whatever they're doing, right? That needs to happen. And you can only invoke that emotion if mm -hmm. it looks yummy, mm -hmm. um, if you want page views. I mean, right, like that's really what most of us want here, I think. <laughs> for people to visit. Well, I mean, yeah, I think yeah. you can take, and I also loved that, Stephanie, yeah. you talking about how you're taking it from, it's not just the food that you, you want to eat or want to make. It's you're wanting to serve your audience because you are serving your, you, your pocketbook yeah. and the people who work for you. Yeah. So it's very much a business decision. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So we are unfortunately out of time, but I want to ask one more thing. I'm going to let you guys think about it. I want answers from both of you before we say goodbye, but I absolutely appreciated and it fed my soul that one of the slides specifically said, be inspired, do not copy another photographer's images or style, which like I said, heck yeah, we're all about it. Don't copy. Yeah. But with that, could you tell us how to find the line between inspiration and copying and a couple of resources of where to go that isn't just Google, maybe where you guys get inspired. How did you find your signature look? So if you'll think about yeah. that for a second, I asked about 17 questions in that one. So you're welcome. Uh, I'll be right back in a second, guys. I'm gonna make a quick <laughs> announcement that we are back with the Summer of Live next week. It is when It will be Wednesday, July 29th, 3 p.m. Eastern. Amy Flanagan of Bellyful will be here and we're gonna do, the topic is TikTok, you don't stop, expanding your brand with short, funny videos. I am old and have not been on TikTok, so I'm very excited to learn from her. Here we go. It's, it's going to be getting up. And from Stephanie and Melody, we have learned so much. People are saying love it. So excited to learn the info. We're going to share that slide presentation in the comments so people can get in touch with you after the presentation. But who would like to go first with my plethora of questions? Yeah. Okay. So I think I just want to say it can happen. Sometimes it happens where you look at something and it's a little too close, right? It can happen. But to try to prevent it, you're going to, you're going to make a list, right? So when you're going through and you're looking at all the sources, you're going to be like, I need a shot that's an overhead shot of the casserole dish. I need a shot where a spoon is being scooped out. I need a shot where it's, uh, you know, a slice of pie that's on a plate that's front on. So you're making a list. So then it, you're not like grabbing pictures and like, I'm okay. going to copy that one. I'm going to cut. So you're, you're making a word list and then you're pulling in, you know, your linens, your look, mm -hmm. all of those things. So hopefully as you transition through, you're not going to copy. I would say if you get to the end, hopefully, you know, you've done your, your due diligence and it isn't, I'm going to say you make a judgment call of, is this too close? It needs to be reshot or is it just inspired? And I should link to that blogger, like those types of things. So I think there's, there's several issues there, but I think it's, it's about making just a checklist of the things you need and planning. It's not about taking photos, someone's photo and having it there and saying, I need to duplicate that photo. So that's the difference. I, I think, um, yeah. And then giving credit where credit is due if needed. And Melody probably has 
better. Yes. <laughs> no, no, I think yeah. that's great. And I think too, it's um, because we, we have um, a whole session planning guide that has a whole list of heroes to get. So you're not just getting like, I've gone to blogs. Um, I, I don't know the name of the blog. I can just remember my experience there. It was like a close up of a frosted chocolate cupcake far back of like the same setup of the chocolate frosted cupcake. And then a little bit higher angle of the chocolate frosted cupcake. And I was like, as a reader, let me tell you bloggers, I was like, give me more. I know what that looks like frosted. Tell me more about this story. Tell me why. And I just get so frustrated. I'm like, I'm going to go find another recipe. I need more. And so um, I don't even know where I was going with that. But <laughs> so we have that checklist. So we're getting more than just that that one hero, right? Yeah. Just that, like we need a variety. Cause then we're going to, yeah. like I said, we're not just using it in the blog post. You're using it in Pinterest. You're using it on Instagram. You're using it on Facebook. You're using these images everywhere to push traffic to your blog. Um, so we are, we are compiling a list. And I think it's also important that you don't just hone in on one photo because that's when you just hone in on one photo, that's where that happens. So whenever you're looking over a huge variety of images, looking at Google, you are looking at Pinterest, you're even looking at Instagram just to see what what people are really like on Instagram. But you, I have a whole list of or like a, a stack of magazines that I'll buy like the Taste of Home Chicken Edition, right? And I'm flipping through that magazine and I'm looking for inspiration in the magazine. You know, I'm looking for inspiration everywhere that I am, everywhere that I look because I want to know how to better photograph, especially those foods that are ugly. So give me a taste of home like casserole edition. I'm sure they have it somewhere <laughs> um, just to be able to, to make sure you're getting all of those. Does that make sense? Like, yeah, like, totally. yeah. yeah. And I think like you can look at the, like the poke cake we need to re, re yeah. photograph. It's not one image I'm saying we need to copy. It's we need to turn the damn plate, <laughs> right? Like that's the, right. So, or it's like, a, no, a, yeah. A so lot of times it's the angle. Yeah, yeah. it's it's the angle. Yeah. And so whenever yeah. you start, when you use the same plate, when you use the same linen, whenever you use the same, like the same recipe, like there's so much that goes that yeah. you, 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 you have to really try, I feel like, to copy a photo. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, if all else fails from this episode, please take with you, turn the damn plate. Like just go, from, <laughs> just go with that. Like that's, if, if, take yeah. nothing else. Yeah. Ladies, you have been an absolute treat. Audience, thank you for joining us. Have a wonderful weekend and we will see you next time. On Air is brought to you by Mediavine. If you're creating amazing and original content, we are here to help. From ad management with maximum earnings and 24-7 support to cutting-edge WordPress plugins, our team has your back. Want free tips in your inbox? Subscribe to our newsletter at mediavine.com slash subscribe. If you're a Mediavine On Air fan, and why wouldn't you be, please give us your five-star rating love and subscribe wherever you're listening.